This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk, and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Quinn Amorum. Quinn sold his first item online 20 years ago and fell in love with the idea. After running out of things to sell, he started creating his own products that are now sold on Amazon. He's the host of two podcasts and the CEO of Prolific Zone, an Amazon account management agency. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Roman. How's it going? Good. Thanks for coming on. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Well, you know, I was I was born in Canada, but then moved to Europe when I was five. And because it was so nice there where, where we were in Portugal, I stayed there for 25 years. And, you know, in, in the late 90s, when I started, you know, going out partying and stuff like that with my friends, uh, my job wasn't enough to keep up with that. Although, um, yeah, I, I guess it, it was just because of that to, to try to keep up with the party. I was going to try to make it sound more, more professional, but that's what I wanted. Right. So, yeah, I tried to find a part time job that uh, I mean, I didn't want to work for somebody else, but I still wanted to make that extra cash in I was walking through these stores, looking at these stores, and I saw some statues made of black wood, and they were handmade statues. And I looked at them and I wanted them, but of course they were they were a bit expensive. So I figured uh, they're very expensive for for me and for for where I'm at because I didn't have enough money. But I figured there's a lot of people out there willing to pay a lot of money for this. So I took my next day. I went there and I took my my camera, not a smartphone yet. But I took my camera. I took pictures of those items in the store, and I had heard of this new site that had launched in, in North America. And at the time, well, this was eBay, but at the time it wasn't called eBay. They had a first, they had a name that was like auction buy or something like that. They named it something else first. And it was in the news that, that they, was, they were generating, they started generating millions and this was like a brand new thing. So I created an account there and uh, I started selling my pictures. But I would put the pictures of the products there and start selling these at high prices. And then if somebody bought them, I would go to the store and buy it then and then sell it uh, uh, on eBay. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was 97. And of course, because it worked out, I, I didn't expect it to work out that good. And because it did work out, I, I fell in love with the idea. And that, I guess that's today it's known as drop shipping uh, at that time although drop shipping is still not even like that nobody takes a picture on the store at the store and then goes there and tries to buy the product 
because I say try because sometimes they were gone. When I got there, the, the statues had been sold, so I had nothing to sell or to deliver to my client. But yeah, I guess it's something close to what's called drop shipping today. Uh, just I was doing it back then with a camera and, uh, you know, a really uh, early 90s uh, computer desktop. So it was a little bit different than today, but that's kind of how I got in and what made me love the idea of, I mean, I was selling something I didn't even own at that time. So, of course, I, I don't do that anymore because that was not scalable. I couldn't scale selling things that were handmade for one so they're unique there was only one of each and then of course i couldn't there's no bulk inventory i didn't even have anything uh so of course today is a lot different man i got now i create i create my own products and amazon sells them uh or i i sell them on amazon basically but uh yeah things are gone a long way since then That's awesome. And how did you kind of, uh, obviously you're, you're self-taught, how long did it take you to kind of, I guess, perfect your process with, with things like uh, inventory and other aspects that people may not be uh, considering? Well, it took, it took a long time to perfect it. I, actually, it's been, I don't know, 20 something years now. It's still not perfect. But the main thing was, and now things are a little bit easier because YouTube didn't exist. I couldn't go YouTube how to do this or how to do that. Uh, even even Google wasn't the, the web browser. I don't know if Google existed, but the web browser I had was not Google. It was something that we could not really do searches. We, we would normally have to type in almost like the direct link to what you wanted. Uh, so information was limited. I had to learn everything the hard way. So I've tried it. Oops, that didn't work, right? So, so it failed here, failed there. And that's how I worked, uh, was like fail, try to redirect. And, and of course, I still was not doing this at full time, right? Uh, I worked I worked in, in Portugal, I worked at a Chrysler, and this was kind of my side job. And then only many years later, I decided to, to do this full time. And Only after going full-time, I had to maintain my own inventories, right? It was where I have my own my own products. Like right now, I have my own products, my own brands and SKUs. Most of my inventory, I would say over 90% of my inventory, is stored at Amazon. So Amazon has all the warehouses where I ship the product to and because Amazon USA is selling on Amazon.com, Amazon Canada sells on Amazon.ca. So all, although their warehouses have my products distributed through each state and each province, and I control the stock right now on inventories remotely, right? Just from, from the computer. And, and of course, I, I have a team now, a team of five or six with me, And all these tasks are distributed through through us. It, and it is a lot easier. Let me tell you, it's a lot easier than it was uh, because now I can 
if there's something I don't know, I can either delegate it to somebody else or I could go on YouTube like I do often and like how to do this or how to do that. It, it is a lot different than before and a lot easier, I believe. So from that standpoint, like you said, it's easier, but do you think it was easier back then in terms of like the saturation? Because I, I think obviously in 2020, you have a lot more uh, competition in the space. Do you think that that's uh, accurate as well? It is, uh, although it's, there's two points of views there because I could, and uh, I know you're the pro when it comes to SEO, and uh, I'm definitely no pro, but I, I've learned a couple things through, throughout the years when it comes to SEO. And it would be super easy for me to be number one at almost anything, uh, keywords that I wanted. And, and there was, a, I mean, I didn't even know that the term was SEO, but in, in eBay, for example, what I used mostly back then, I still needed to show up when somebody typed in a search term, right? So I knew that I didn't know what it was called SEO, but I still did it. And I could very easily be number one for almost everything, but the demand wasn't there, right? So the demand that we have today online with millions of people, I think Amazon alone has 360 million credit cards on file. Right back then, there was no such thing. Right, nobody had 360 million users on on any site. There, there was no site. Even MySpace only showed up years later, and because that that was huge uh, for for a time. But still, like I said, the demand is here now. But it was so easy back then to get to the top. And unfortunately, most of the products that I launched. And let's say early 2000s are now relevant to today. So I don't have those rankings because those products don't exist anymore. Uh, you know, like uh, phone cases for uh, Nokia's, they were huge and for many years. But nobody uses Nokia's anymore. So, uh, so of course, I, I can't compete with rankings now when it comes to uh, iPhone cell ca uh, phone cases, so I don't even sell uh, phone cases anymore. Thank, thank goodness. Yeah, it's. I mean, Nokia was fun. I mean, the only game they had on there was Snake, and that was entertaining back in the day. <laughs> Snake was definitely number one. That's it. <laughs> so, in terms of your agency, what are the some of the things you uh, handle uh, for your clients? So, uh, the agency one we started. Uh, it was actually going to be a bigger broad uh, or a bigger scope of things. And we decided to uh, niche or niche it down to Amazon only. And we, we provide the customers or brands that are out there that want to sell on Amazon. And instead of taking the time to go learning the tips and the tricks and how to do this and how to do that, uh, they give us the management of their brown brands on Amazon. So we manage seller accounts, vendor accounts on Amazon, and we get them the basically the Amazon SEO that they need. So they show up on top because you know, uh, Amazon is the same as Google. If you're on page three, you will never sell anything. Nobody's gonna go find you on page three, even on page two. 
you know the the first result which uh, same as in in uh, in your field we still call it the above the fold above the fold on page one is is where the sales are doesn't matter if you're on amazon anywhere else so we know how to do that we do that for our customers and we manage their online side of things selling on, on amazon and they can focus on like the rest of the world on retail and other sites that they have their own sites and and that's it and we focus on on amazon and then in their amazon account of course we do everything from inventory tracking you know customer support we uh, e amazon does not give us the customers emails right that's confidential we can email people inside the amazon platform but of course it's not their their email we don't get to see it but we can communicate with them uh and then so every customer gets an email a thank you email follow-up email about the products we request reviews uh we can't like years ago we can't request a review in exchange for anything we used to be able to do that until 2016 where I could give people product for free. Here you go, take your product. And it's changed. I want you to give me a, hon a, a honest review, right? It, it, it has to be honest. Uh, it just, and then people actually had to write in the review. I am writing this review and I did get the product for free or a high discount in exchange for this review. And, you know, everybody was given five star reviews. You get a product for free why would you give a one star so that's not allowed anymore so we do request them but we do them everything according to the terms of service right so all white hat because we're, we're working on the long term and brand health right brand exposure but brand health because we don't want uh, anybody to get banned and amazon owns the field and if they want to ban your brand your band i mean your brand will lose that uh, 360 million people exposure overnight and you don't want that now how does that work is that work like uh, on an account basis like something like affiliate marketing where an individual account gets banned and you can move the brand or i mean i i guess if it's if it's white label you can rebrand it but that's a lot of work to do true so it works on it depends on what your infraction is or if you commit some if you do something wrong if it is on a product level basis amazon can suspend that listing so that SKU or an asin that's the term that they assign to every product they can suspend it and of course you can fight that or not or let it go depending on what you did when it comes to reviews because it, it is a big infraction nowadays, uh, it could get your whole account suspended, right? When it, it, it depends, like I said, what the infraction is. If your whole account gets suspended, uh, uh, there's people that try to fight it with lawyers. Again, you go in and try to get uh, back reinstated and it could be a, a very, very hard. If they say it's final, uh, most of the times it means it's final. In that case, yes, you, you would have to rebrand. You cannot uh, use the same LLC uh, or corporation. If you're to, in Canada, it has to be a, an Inc. to to create those, uh, to create a new account. You cannot use the same one. 
as we know, Amazon is huge, right? They're, they're the biggest e-commerce company on earth. They have a lot of smart people working there. So it's not just an IP that they're going to monitor. They know if we're doing bad stuff, they will figure it out. It, it takes a, a while because they're that big. But yeah, if you, if you do get banned, uh, most of the times your money actually gets stuck there because they pay you on a two-week basis. So whatever you sold two weeks to go, you can pay it now. And so they hold that money, they suspend your account, and then uh, if you if you were to rebrand, you would have to start from scratch, right? All, all the effort that you put into it, the rankings that you gained, uh, they would all be lost, of course. So it's, I mean, sometimes you can gain a lot with doing mid, you know, the brown hat, I guess, or gray hat, which is right in between. But gray hat is still not white hat. And there's a lot of thing, a lot of things on Amazon's terms of service that are not written black and white. And they do that on purpose. They leave it to you to know that if you have to think about something, more than likely, it, it's not, uh, I mean, it's not perfectly white hat, right? And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, there's days that it's frustrating to, to deal with, with Amazon and customer service. And there's days where sales are very good. Conversion rate does not compare with the outside world where uh, in Shopify, for example, we could have three, four percent conversion rate from from all traffic, right? And it could be considered a great average. While on Amazon, we could get 40, 60% conversion rate. And, and and that would not be considered anything special. Just because we know that the person that goes to Amazon to type in Bluetooth speaker is there to buy a Bluetooth speaker. While on Google, somebody can type in Bluetooth speaker just to look at images, right? To, to do some homework or whatever. So, yeah, that, that's some of the bigger differences. Yeah, the intent is stronger based on the traffic source. Yeah, sir. So what motivates you to succeed? Well, uh, man, I don't, I don't want to be the cliche and, and say that it's, it's my family and it's my kids, although it is, right? Uh, of course, when you become a grown-up, after after 40 uh, most men become grown up <laughs> and we realize that we're no longer living for for ourselves and for for show off like um like for for many years in in europe i witnessed that where i mean everybody had to drive an audi or a bmw could if even if we couldn't really afford it we would have to because we had to live for for the show and and the parties and then after you have kids you realize that that's not life and life is keeping them happy and asking them every day if they love you and i i mean that's kind of what matters to me now and being healthy and being around for a long time that's some of my goals now is to uh, live live forever is <laughs> one of my main goals 
So, um, yeah, trying to be healthy, I gave up. Um, three years ago, I gave up on meat and everything. I'm all plant-based now, uh, hoping, not hoping to save the world or anything. I'm just trying to save myself. And I don't know if it's the right way, but I've been doing it and I feel better and I feel great. So all my motivations are now the kids and the family and, and yeah, just staying around longer to enjoy everything. Yeah, and I think like you said, when you're younger, your priorities are different. And as you grow and mature and get life experiences that can change, or some people want to live that lifestyle for their whole life. I mean, it's on a person, but a lot of people kind of uh, re reimagine or you know recalibrate what what's important to them as they get older. And obviously, when a family comes along, that is usually a huge priority in your life. Yeah, absolutely, it is. And that whole mindset also, you said uh, in Europe about like being or, or kind of following the status. Um, it, I, it's like a, a mindset of like, you know, 20 something year olds or like early 30s. Because if, if, if I went back and didn't focus on things like that, I would have a lot more investments and different more business opportunities. And it's like, you know, you're showing off, but you're not those people don't necessarily care about you but you're you're wasting money or, or spending money that you don't even have so you're putting yourself in debt just to show that you're living a certain lifestyle that you're not yeah that's a hundred percent and you know what i had and i still do have so many friendships that are real friendships from from those days and of course that doesn't change but the opportunities missed and all the things that are looking back i know what i didn't do Right, so what I did is not that I regret it too much, but what I didn't do is very, I mean, eye-opening now, imagining where I could be uh, if I didn't go party every single day. It was not like every weekend, it was every single day. Uh, it, I mean, yes. If I was 20 right now, I would do things a lot different, Roman. I would try to, the, uh, I would still have a couple beer here and there, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have to be drunk every single day, or or at least a couple times a week, right? And uh, yeah, no, th things are a lot better now. And yeah, we're, I guess that's like I said. After forty, we become grown ups and see things different. While yeah. uh, wi women become uh, grown ups a lot earlier in life. Yeah, I still have, I guess, five years, but I don't, I have too many responsibilities. To, I mean, time, time gets more important when you get older. So when you're 20, you don't, you think you're the smartest person. You don't want to listen to anyone. You think you don't have all the time in the world. And then, you know, it's 20 years later and now you're 40 and all that time went by. So it's like using that time and that time being in 2020, time is my most uh, expensive and important asset. So there's certain opportunities I turn down because I know the time investment I can be devoting and using that time more strategically. Absolutely. There's actually reminds me of uh, somebody said, I, there's a book uh, written about that too. Is, I don't know if it's the power of no, because every time you say yes to something, you say no to something else. And, and that's very true. So if you just need to know to say yes to very important things things that are going to make a difference 
in your life or in your business and then everything else you say no to you're going to leave more room to say yes is to what matters and that's one of my flaws was for the longest time saying yes to everything and when you say yes to everything uh you there's a lot of people that start liking you because you said yes but then you may let them down because you cannot do everything that you said yes to and things start start falling and being left behind and sometimes the the priorities are left behind the things that are more more important are left behind and the least important ones uh, start being done because they were just easier or they were there at that time yeah i agree so what's one thing in the past that you've seen as a weakness in yourself that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Well, that's a great one. So you actually just touched on it earlier. And is when, when we're 20s or 30 or 18, you think you know everything. And because I had a longer experience. So I was going to say more experience, but it doesn't necessarily that I had more experience. I had the experience that I had. It was longer in tight in terms of years uh, than most people for the longest time. I didn't want to take advice for somebody that was least experienced in my, in my eyes. So what happened was, because I learned everything, like I said, with trial and error, and I had to try things and do it over and over, I felt that most people had to learn like me. And if they didn't, they hadn't earned that knowledge because they just learned it from somebody else. And it, it was a revelation to me when I actually changed that mentality. And I started learning with people that jumped in e-commerce in 2018. And they, they don't have 20 years experience. They have two years, but it's completely different. They have a different set of eyes than I do. They see things different and they know things that I don't. Things that didn't exist five years ago or 10 years ago, they know it and I didn't. So... That, that was my biggest uh, downside was for the longest time having that kind of attitude. And then when I changed it, it was like such an eye-opening. Uh, eye and I started learning every single day and every podcast that I could. I had my, my um, Apple podcast full of podcasts to listen to every day. And I started taking courses every day. And I, I would listen to the 18-year-old that's been doing online sales for uh, six months and see what their experience was, what they learned, and what I could learn from them. And it, it, it's fascinating now. So, I mean, anybody out there that has the same mentality that I had at that time, I, I recommend you to drop that and try to listen to everybody. When somebody is explaining something, don't automatically, uh, that's a, a human trait. So a lot of people, when they, you know, we're talking to somebody, they immediately 
think of something to say, and then they focus on what they want to say, not what the other person is saying to them. And then they're just looking for that opportunity to say what they thought. And with all of that, they do not listen to the full story or what the other person is saying. So I do listen a lot better now. And uh, thank goodness. Actually, I'm smiling right now because I'm I'm proud of myself for that. Uh, So it makes me feel good that uh, acknowledging this, that that, uh, maybe I I wasn't so great back then and I'm trying to get better. Yeah, and I think it's important to come into situations with an open mind and understanding that each person has a unique perspective. So even, you know, you have 20 years of experience, what you're doing, if somebody is doing the same thing, but they're younger, less experienced, they may be using different techniques that are working or different strategies or things of that nature. So you never really get to know if you kind of shut the door and and think because of that time uh, that they did something, they're least experienced just because of that time. I mean, people can pick up things quickly and people process information differently. So people think differently. So like you said, I mean, you're thinking one way, somebody may be thinking another way and you can take something from that and apply it. And it still may be a good way to do it or even do it better than, you know, what you're currently doing now. Yeah. You know, you know what, uh, what happened many years ago was, for example, if we wanted to rank on for on google for a certain keyword at one point all we had to do was if you wanted to rank for i'm I'm gonna use the same example bluetooth speaker all you had to do was buy the domain bluetoothspeaker.com and launch a launch a website uh, with your product there and uh after a while that uh you would rank you would rank if not on the top close to the top for that keyword, and and then when I start when I start I start realizing that for one, for that doesn't happen anymore because Google changed, and two, all domains are not available anymore. I can't just type BluetoothSpeaker.com and buy it because somebody owns it, and anything that you want to type that is a direct keyword or dictionary word doesn't exist anymore. And, you know, so uh, a lot of these young kids that had a lot younger or less mature experiences than me, uh, they, they could teach me a lot of things that, uh, that I didn't know. So, yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? Okay. So besides... Besides leaving, having an open mind to listen to everybody, like I just said, the the most important one, and this is in, in my field of business, in, in in any business, I guess this applies to, and it's actually actually knowing your numbers. Uh, it's one of my biggest uh, pet peeves is, uh, like you know, I, I have a podcast where I teach people, and we talk about selling on Amazon. And I get contacted by a lot of new sellers that are starting out and they have their nine to five job. And then as a side business, they want to make extra cash and they're starting out. And uh, there's a lot of advice out there by some gurus. And it is if you want to start your side business, quit your job now. Quit your job today. 
to buy my course, buy my 1997 course or whatever, and quit your job today and start, and you, tomorrow you make a million dollars. And a lot of these people believe in that. If you quit today, you'll be making a million dollars tomorrow because you bought that uh, $997 course and they don't make profit because it's very easy, Roman, it's very easy to launch a product or launch a brand on Amazon and in month one be making twenty or $30,000. That is very easy, but profit, you can't. I mean, if, if you want to make $20,000 profit on on Amazon or, or anything, you have to at least sell about a hundred, right? If you're talking about, let's say 20% margins or something like that. So a lot of people focus on the, their gross revenue and they don't realize that there's costs out there, right? Selling online has fees. You have to ship the product or if you having have it on Amazon, it's called FBA, so fulfilled by Amazon. They could do the delivery for us, the two-day delivery or same-day delivery, and they warehouse it. But I got to pay for the warehouse, right? Amazon charges for warehousing fees. Uh, you got to pay for the product, and if you're if you're going to import it from China, you got to pay the import fees. You got to pay for the sea cans, the travel to to you what to the U.S. and pick and pack fees then 15% of the gross that you sell on Amazon, they take it for themselves. So a lot of people take a course and it says, you buy something in China for $5 and you're gonna sell it for 15 and now you make $10 profit and you you sell 100 units a day and you make $1,000 per day in profit. And it, it doesn't happen that way. If you buy something for five and you sell it for 15, you're probably losing money. Because there's the pick and pack fees and the shipping and all that, it could cost you. And you turn on PPC uh, on Amazon. Uh, that's one of the ways to, to rank to the top quicker and get your keyword ranking is with, with PPC. So if somebody types in Bluetooth speaker and your ad shows up on top and somebody clicks on it, now the relevancy of that is what's going to bring you organically to the top and until then, you're going to be paying for every click. And a $5 item that you're selling for 15 can cost you 17 And because you're not getting paid immediately, Amazon holds the money for two weeks. By the time you realize that you're losing money, you could be down a, a few thousand, right? And for somebody starting out, that can be a lot of money. It could be the end of their online journey could be the end of their business just because they thought they could quit their job today and and start an online business tomorrow so number one advice is start your side job do not quit your full-time job until your side job can maintain you can pay for your mortgage and your car payment and your groceries at that point, now you can consider it. But don't quit too soon because all the money that you take out of your business, if you sold 10 grand last month, you probably had two or three grand profit. If you take those two or three grand out, next month you only make three again. 
and the next month you only make three grand because you didn't grow. So your business needs that money. So if you made, you sold 10 and you profited three, leave those three in there. So next month, now you can have 13 and then 16, 19, right? 30, 50. And if you take the money out too soon, you will starve your business. And, you know, anybody starting out that has no side job or, or doesn't have a, a nine to five job, they could be starving their business because everybody needs money and you have to take it out. So keep it as long as you can, as long as you have time, you have 24 hours in the day, you sleep seven, try to work out the rest. And uh, I'm no Gary V, so I don't want to tell you to work 16 hours every day. Uh, but if you're like me, I really love what I do. So I still work 16 hours today because I like it. I, 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 I don't want to sit on the couch and turn on the TV. Although I do it sometimes. I have my desk there and I work and I have TV turned on or a documentary or something. But yeah, don't quit too soon. That's it. Yeah, and I think it's important. I think a lot of people kind of push the way that you did it on other people. So, you know, like you said, I quit my job, like kind of burn the boats mentality so you can go back. And not everybody has to do that, especially like when it's a little different when somebody, let's say, is 18, 19, is living in their parents' basement. But when they have to pay for cars, different business overheads like that they're running, mortgages, investment properties, this and that, taxes, it's a lot different. You can't simply just do that. And when other people like your family and children and, you know, spouses are depending on you to, you know, support the family, it's a little different in terms of structuring your ambitions and getting into something else. So I don't think it's kind of like entrepreneurship is a one size fits all. And I think a lot of people are, you know, gung ho about quit this, quit that. Like, I don't necessarily believe in that mentality. Yeah, that's that's 100 percent. So I really appreciate you coming on today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yeah, for sure. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, people can find me at uh, qasellingonline.com so I have I have two podcasts one is the QA Selling Online podcast the other one is the Fail Fast podcast and that's just failfastpodcast.com or you if you want any Amazon services you can find me at prolificzone.com and that's it prolific zone or the prolific zone they, they both uh, will redirect you to the same one Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you, Roman. It's a pleasure. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.